Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue with our series on the Holy Spirit, Ruach, the Breath of God. Today we see how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and helps us intercede for others with greater vision and compassion. Let's give him room to speak to us and through us. Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. Even as we've been going through this entire series called Ruach, all about the Holy Spirit from the day of Pentecost when we saw, we've been seeing that this Holy Spirit is so essential in our lives. And today church, we're going to see how this spirit, this Ruach, when he's within us, he causes us to get into this mode of intercession. And I'm going to talk today on the lines of how he moves us to become an intercessor and how the Holy Spirit enables us, you know, to get into the spirit of intercession. And it's so important today in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all of this that's happening around, if one thing that we as children of God have to do, in fact, it's a must, is that we need to learn to intercede. We need to learn to intercede. It's important, especially given in our nation, we are just not praying to a God. We are praying to a God whose name is Jesus. And we are praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so every prayer that you make, every utterance that you make will be directed to God through Jesus, his son, because it's through him we have access. And so every time you declare and every time you make that prayer, you're praying in the name of Jesus because that name of Jesus carries so much power. And that Holy Spirit enables us to pray. And I'm going to take our reference today from the passage of uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And it goes on to say, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion and in every season, in the spirit. And with this in view, Stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. There are a few things which I want to highlight. Pray about everything. You know, we Christians are so skillful that we pray only about something. We think that if we petition to God only of, you know, our own set of requests, it's more than enough. But here, uh, you know, Paul's writing to the Ephesians church. He's saying, pray about everything. The second thing in the message, it goes on to say, pray hard and long. In fact, in the Amplified, it says every season. It just doesn't mean that we pray when times are tough. We pray when times are good. We pray when times are dry. We pray when times are fruitful. We pray when times are just going day by day in the mundane. We pray. Pray is like, you know, we, in fact, this attitude of prayer should be there every day. Every day for us. Whether we eat our food, whether we, you know, sit to talk to a friend, whether God suddenly prompts in our spirit to pray about something. It's important that we learn to pray hard and long in every season. And the third thing is from this passage is we learn to intercede for everybody. Uh, even um, last week I was... 
uh, on a Zoom call with a squadron leader. And even as I was talking with him and, you know, I was talking to his organization and we were on this call where around like 12 of us are there. And, you know, I was not in the frame of mind to actually talk because, uh, you know, my system had completely crashed and I was in a different frame of mind. But he challenged me. He challenged. He said, Geshom, you know, now is not the time for us as believers you know, to be praying about our leg pain, about our nose, uh, you know, getting a cold, you know, about our very own physical ailments or about our need, monthly need. God knows all of that. He will do that. But can we start interceding today for people by name? It's interesting that sometimes we categorize people and we say, you know, these people need prayer. These don't need prayer. But the more we lean on the Holy Spirit, He gives us a burden to pray for everyone. And anyone, because all are God's children, all are created in the image of Christ. So if there's injustice happening in some part of the country, we as his intercessors have to get on our knees, have to stand in that gap and pray. Even as I've taken this word intercession, the meaning of intercession is action of saying a prayer on behalf of someone. You'll soon realize that in this Christian walk, we all are surviving because of each and everyone else's prayer. Beat anyone and everyone. There is someone praying for you today, whether you like it or not. That's why we say that the beauty about church, the beauty about coming together as believers is that the Holy Spirit will uniquely drop your name or bring your face or bring something about you to another believer and they will utter a word of prayer. And today, church, if we are going to take the step forward as we are Zion, as an individual, we are going to take this oath that, Lord, we are going to stand and be intercessors for you. Intercessors for myself. First, we need to understand that we all need to pray for our own selves, for our family members, for our spouse, for our relatives. The circle just widens. The circle just widens. Soon you later see Whatever burdens God will start burdening you. And that's the beauty of it. And from there, we'll see so many things getting birthed out. So the spirit of intercession is something unique, which the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, brings into our lives. He intertwines it into our very breath so much that we'll be able to do it every day. And even as I read about this uh, passage, Ephesians 6.18, keep on praying in the spirit at all times with all kinds of prayer. Remember one thing, that our mouth has the power when we declare something. And because we have the Holy Spirit residing in us, it's important to know what we believe and what we declare. I'd love to read this passage from Romans 10. A lot of you would have seen this passage uh, used predominantly during altar calls, but I'm going to read it and it goes on to say uh, from the Passion Translation, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Our Christian faith is not meant to be, you know, lived out in secrecy. 
God wants us to live. I do understand by saying that, you know, we live in times where we have to be mindful, we have to be careful. But given that, we many a times take the easier way out by not standing up and saying boldly that we are followers of Christ. Because honestly, the minute anyone comes to know that we are followers of Jesus Christ, there is a certain expectation that is um, created there. You know, there is a certain thing that they uh, expect out of us. There's, you know, we are set apart because of followers of Jesus Christ. And so today, the minute we take that stand boldly, the Holy Spirit is willing to work in and through us. And so our public declarations is equal to our private belief. So today, what are we declaring? Are we just willing to go with the pop culture of, you know, just being there around everyone and, you know, so that we don't get left out? Uh, you know, the biggest fear I think uh, many of my generation would have and the younger would have is the fact that if someone knows that we are so strong about our faith, so, you know, wanting to share about Jesus, so wanting to, you know, pray and intercede. And if people get to know about that, will uh, they leave me out of everything? That sense of FOMO, the fear of missing out is so real. But sometimes God wants us to stand so that people will know that there's something different about us, that there is hope within us, that there is hope in the words that we speak, that there is life in the words that we speak. And so today, are we willing to allow this Holy Spirit to not just, you know, be someone that we believe in with all of our heart, but that we publicly declare? We get so caught up in our prayers, you know, to pray for our needs, which take up majority of our time. You know, from the job, from the projects that we handle, from favor, from all that is okay. All that is good. But God wants us to mature. God wants us to step it up a bit where we'll be able to, you know, start interceding for others, where we'll be able to start interceding for those who can't intercede or pray for themselves. And church today, it's interesting that we all have to find that space. It can be um, this intimate space that we find is so intimate to us and God. How are we willing to, you know, take that space, make that space in our schedule? It's interesting, uh, you know, uh, intimacy with God comes through reading God's word. Intimacy with God comes through, you know, worshipping. As you listen to, you know, the songs that are uh, being sung by all these worship uh, teams and these songwriters and, you know, all of them, it's uh, the minute you put on uh, or you're listening to them, you get into that zone and you're worshiping, you're declaring those words over your life. But there's another important aspect of intimacy with God and that's prayer. And so today, church, I would ask you, can we seclude ourselves if we look into uh, god's word we see time and again jesus moved away from people to you know pray to find what is god's will and god's will it's interesting we sometimes dictate god's will for us in our prayers no our prayers are you know most of the time as it as jesus has uh, taught us to pray it's to exalt is to tell who god is is to ask for forgiveness and is to ask God, let your will be done. And then stand in the gap and ask God, God, today I stand in the gap for such and such thing. Come through. Let us see your hand come through. We see time and again in the early church that prayer was emphasized a lot. When, pe when people gathered, prayer was happening. It's with prayer and with word that they fellowshiped. So today, church, even as we dive deeper, 
we're going to look from the life of Daniel. And even as uh, a lot of us have, you know, probably read Daniel from, uh, you know, from the position of actually looking, oh, wow, he actually led his life well, you know, uh, in a position of power. You know, he did his work life well. But honestly, Daniel didn't have two compartmentalized lives. It was one single life that he had. And it's interesting that that life that he lived, that life that he, uh, you know, was living was not in the most comfortable of situations. He was in exile. He didn't have a life of his own. He wasn't living in his motherland. He didn't, you know, but wherever God placed him, he knew one thing to do and that was to pray. In Daniel 6, we find out the reason and the strength behind what made Daniel, uh, you know, actually achieve his success and last through three different uh, regimes from Daniel 1 to Daniel 6 and it was prayer. And so today, even as we look into Daniel's life, I want us to also, you know, parallelly look, draw examples from our own lives and see. Because Satan has a way of kicking us out of this game of drawing closer to God. If there's one way he'll do it is first thing he'll attack our prayer life. Because he knows it's in that prayer time is when disturbances come, our notifications come, our calls come, everything come. It's in that, um, it's in that time we decide to pray is when our pressing matters of work start coming up. But are we willing to segregate time and say, God, I want to take time to pray, to intercede, so that I'll be able to see your plan and purpose come true in my life. So that I'll be able to live out in this life that you've called. Not, you know, not to say that I called on you only in times of trouble, but I called on you every day and I've seen you come through. The first thing that we're going to see from Daniel's life is in this spirit of intercession that it helps us to stand our ground. It helps us to stand our ground. Reading from Daniel 1 verses 3 to 4, it goes on to say, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning and gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace, train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years and then they would enter the royal service. We see here that, you know, Daniel and his uh, three friends, in fact, they all are captives and they have been taken to Babylon. And even as they are in Babylon, they uh, have to live by the rules that have been set for them here. And we see as we read on, we'll go on to see that Daniel makes this, you know, argument to the palace staff to say, can you do something? He wanted to take a stand because of the place and the upbringing and the certain things that they were not allowed to eat. And we read that on, let's read from Daniel 1, verse 8 onwards, and it goes on to say, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable food. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. 
But he responded, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Daniel said, at the end of 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. It's interesting, the spirit of intercession, when the Holy Spirit resides in you, when the Holy Spirit is active within you, you are favored. You start having these conversations with people, you soon realize that you are favored. Daniel was favored with this uh, attendant who was the chief of staff there. Even though he was instructed to eat off from the king's table in terms of all the food and wine, just, just imagine this. Here, Daniel is given, uh, you know, an open invitation to a buffet and he says no to it because of certain restrictions that the Israelites had, which the God had given Israel when they were coming out of Egypt to avoid certain things. And so Daniel didn't take a stand because he was doing intermittent fasting or because he decided to do keto diet. No, he took a stand because God had directed his people to take something. So today, even as you're reading this, this is just not related to food. But what is it that God is asking you to take a stand today? Today, in 2021, what is God asking you to take a stand? Each of us have some weakness in our lives. Each of us, each of us have some weakness. Some of us, I don't know what your trigger is, but for some of us, you know, just uh, being in the room with some people can trigger us to certain habits. It could be either to alcohol. Just being in a gathering of certain friends could be, you know, you suddenly want to take a sniff or you are, you know, caught up with drugs. Or for some of you, it could just be gambling. For some of you, money just doesn't stay with you. For some of you, it could be even as such as this, as food, gluttony. For some of you, it could be even your devices where you're just flipping through different websites to find and, you know, satisfy your soul. Today, when you start following Jesus, when you have the Holy Spirit working within you, and when you're interceding, when you, when you are asking Him for help, you know, prayer is literally asking God, God, I need your help. God, I need you to step in. I can't do this on my own. And when you ask Him, I'm sure Daniel went on to pray because he knew these next 10 days, God, if you don't give us a strength, if we don't look as good as the expectation is, we will be in trouble. We are in exile here. We need you. They all four would have been on their knees every day. They would have prayed over their food. They would have blessed that food. And remember, when we bring God into the mix, God will never let us down because his name is on the line. His name is on the line. And so today, when you are taking a stand, as Daniel did, he will come in to save you. He will come in to help you. You know, today we can pray about God asking us to, you know, uh, set us free from certain bondages and addictions. But when temptation comes, the Holy Spirit is kind enough to give us a way out. That's what the word of God says. 
but are we willing to respond because when we are willing to take a stand we have to respond in some way or the other are we going to cave into the pressure what the world puts on us as i mentioned earlier fomo it's the biggest pressure today because you feel like you'll let be left out of conversations today you'll be feel like you know if i'm not there when this is happening uh you know uh i just feel something is missing but just remember this if the holy spirit asks you to stay set you know stay away you know take your time off he will have a way he will give you favor he will give you strength we see this happening time and again you know even uh, it could even come down to even what is god asking you to step away from from whatever you're watching on tv to whatever you're consuming in terms of all that you get to do even it could be from some toxic relationships that god's asking you to you know step away from take a stand no this is not you anymore i am a follower of jesus and this is not my identity god is willing to work in and through you if you will commit it to prayer he will give you the strength to take a stand as the story goes on after 10 days we see that you know the uh, king sees them and he uh, allows them to come into his uh, courts and they start serving they are as healthy in fact more healthy than the people who are eating off the king's table that is favor so today when you are taking a stand today be it anywhere in your workplace also if you are uh, called and if god's allowing you to take a stand not to fudge that report not to tell a lie not to you know uh, climb your way through the corporate ladder in a wrong way god will give you favor so much favor that it will be a testimony and all that you can say is this is god's goodness over my life god grants favor and when he rewards us it's him it's god who will get all the glory Daniel 1 verse 15 to 17 goes on to say at the end of the 10 days Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king so after that the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others god gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom and god gave daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams the prayer that we pray will always come with a cost are we willing to bear the cost the stand that we take comes with a cost are we willing to bear the cost are we willing to put the hard yards in are we willing to do that so that god will be glorified it, i love how it says here god gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding god gave and when god gives it will be an unusual thing it won't be a usual thing when god gives something over you people around you will be noticing hey this guy didn't even it didn't even occur to us that he had this in him it didn't occur to us that he could handle this but how is he handling this how is he so confident how is he so you know courageous how is he so composed that will be only god so today even as you enter into your uh, spaces that god's assigned for you as i mentioned earlier no space is compartmentalized there's nothing you know uh, secular or sacred here everything is sacred that's a beautiful thing about daniel's story everything is sacred that everywhere god places you will you be able to take a stand for him because the prayer that you pray is what god is going to answer and god is going to you know 
expect and stand with you to see results happen i'm reading from first peter chapter 3 it goes on to say the eyes of the lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers but the lord turns his face against those who do evil the eyes of the lord watch over those who do right those who take a stand for him and his ears are open to your prayers and you know i always want to be on the side where god is actually hearing my prayers because i'm willing to take a stand so today church what is god asking you to take a stand you might you might be struggling to take a stand but committed to prayer committed to prayer don't just pray uh, you know pray a one off prayer and think you know god will give you the strength if you really are wanting to see god move in and through you in that situation you know hold him to it go on with it like you know press hard and press long god will come through the second thing that we're going to see in the spirit of intercession is god reveals mysteries you know as we intercede as we pray god starts revealing certain things in and through us and it's interesting how daniel saw it in his time you're going to read from daniel chapter 2 verse 14 to 19 it goes on to say when ariok the commander of the king's guard came to kill them daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion he asked ariok why has the king issued such a harsh decree so ariok told him all that happened daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant then daniel went home and told his friends hananiah mishael and azariah what had happened he urged them to ask the god of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with other wise men of babylon that night the secret was revealed to daniel in a vision then daniel praised the god of heaven just to give you a uh, a small uh, introduction into daniel 2 king nebuchadnezzar wakes up one day and he's had this dream and you know he has all these council people and he calls them and says you know what i want you to interpret this dream that i have had today but i won't tell you what the dream is and he says if you don't tell me i'm going to kill you all and so that's where this context is set in where the commander comes to uh, meet daniel when he meets daniel he's telling daniel you know it says there with uh, he handled the situation with wisdom and discretion it's because the holy spirit was working in and through his life he was able to assess the situation that god's put him in he was just not flipping out like how the other councilmen were flipping out or how the other wise men were flipping out he wasn't acting you know um, uh, worried for his life but he found refuge in this peace that god had given him and so today even as we intercede even as you get into a time of prayer even as you start praying god is going to reveal certain things in and through your life for your life and for the people around you i mean god won't suddenly just burden you with so many things he'll give you as much as you can handle but sometimes the mysteries that god gives is insights into what you're going to do the people you're going to talk the situation you're going to handle the way things have to be done or even sometimes you know as parents it could be over our children it could be like you know i think your kid you might sense something is going and as you pray god might reveal something and he would want you to trust in the holy spirit so that you'll be able to navigate that situation 
even as daniel is handling the situation you see that it's a life and death situation all that he could do is god please please reveal so that i'll be able to interpret what this king wants and you know the uh, it's interesting the dream that nebuchadnezzar has is this huge statue that's there it's first the first half is laden with gold the second is laden with silver and bronze and the third is laid with clay and mud stuck together and there's this huge boulder that comes and it sees the statue being smashed through the different kingdoms are being represented here through which you know uh, god will come through and god will uh, uh, god's reign will uh, be the through the end of time and so as he's telling all this daniel had the boldness to say this even if it meant telling something bad and it's interesting i love this passage which daniel uh, gives an exaltation to god and i believe if all of us can include in that prayer and all of us can have an understanding of who god is because many at times we think when we pray god is only a god of that particular area you know for example um this entire pandemic you know we've been praying time and again for so many people as a church we've been interceding for so many people who you know uh, who who are sick who have been through this entire journey of covid and for some of them you know who unfortunately didn't make it through but in god's timeline they've run their race really well and that god wanted them back home and so even as we pray sometimes you know we are so scared to really understand what the situation is and what this whole thing is all about and we often time you know minimize our view and understanding of god that okay he's only a god of this we have control over other things no god is a god of everything he's just not a god of provision he's just not a god who heals he is the god of everything so even when we pray we are just not praying to a god you know giving him a check saying god and i'm going to encash this now no that's not our attitude towards god our, our attitude towards god is god we are going to stand in this gap and pray but at the end of it let your will be done i love how daniel summarizes this in daniel it goes on to say verse 20 he said this is daniel praising god he says he said praise the name of god forever and ever for he has all wisdom and power he controls the course of world events he removes kings and sets up other kings he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars he reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness though he is surrounded by light i thank and praise you god of my ancestors for you have given me wisdom and strength you have told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded daniel was so surrounded by who god was he knew god is the be all and the end all i love how he's given a description he controls the course of world events he knew who puts people in power he knew what happens everything around is under the dominion of god nothing moves and so even today as he's revealing these mysteries to you whatever the mysteries are big small good or bad allow the holy spirit to work in and through you and remember as daniel dealt with the situation with wisdom and with discretion the holy spirit will give you that gift that fruit in fact of wisdom and discretion to handle this 
So even as you pray and intercede, even as you sense, if as you're standing in the gap, you know, something bad is going to happen, but you know, whether Lord, should I say it? Should I not say it? Should I just hold on to it and still pray for them? God will give you that discernment. God will give you that discretion. And it's beautiful here that even as he goes on to meet the king and tell him this, Daniel knew that his time, the king's time is going to come to an end, but he had to yet say it. And God gave him that boldness. So the God who gives, reveals these mysteries is also the one who gives boldness and gives favor. And so I love that verse where I want us to read again. And it's important for us to understand that Daniel chose to be an intercessor for a time such as that. The Bible has so many people. Abraham stood in that situation for his cousin Lot to stand there and say, Lord, if there's 50, if there's 40, if there's 30, Lord, even if there's 10, please don't destroy that land. Moses stood in the gap when the Israelites had just come out of the uh, Egypt and when they were in the wilderness, when they were bickering and crying, God literally wanted to wipe them out. He was so frustrated with them. But Moses to the God, no, Lord, let not the world see that you brought them out to the desert and left them to die. He stood there in that gap and Look at the New Testament. We have the king of all kings, the God of all gods who came down in human form, Jesus. And he stood on our gap, which should have been us. He stood and he interceded for us. I love this fact where, you know, even when Jesus was on the cross, he's thinking of us. He says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. That is the beauty about the God that we serve and we worship. He stands in the gap. Church, even as we are being called to intercede, even as we are being called to stand in the gap and pray, be it a family member, be it your children, be it someone who's, you know, literally given you a hard time in life. It could be your spouse, it could be certain relationships, whatever you are going through right now. Will you be able to pray and ask God, God, if I have to go through this journey, Lord, or if I have to take a step away from this and Lord, do what you're calling me to do. Reveal to me, Lord Jesus. Daniel 2 verse 22, he goes on to say, he reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness. Though he's surrounded by light. Just imagine this beautiful picture. This is God in the heavens. Everything is lit. You know, everything is, you know, so bright there. Nothing is hidden. But he still knows what lies hidden in darkness. And so if you are going through uncharted territory, not knowing what holds your future, what, you know, if there's some doubt, if there's, if you're having a lot of hesitation, committed to prayer. God is a revealer of mysteries. He'll show you if you're sincerely asking, not for your own selfish gain. But if you're willing to walk that journey and if it is something tough, God will give you the grace to journey through. We are surrounded by so many people in our life where we've heard time and again how God has walked them through the hardest parts of life. And if there's one thing that has sustained them through is the fact that they have said we've committed to God and we've prayed about it. And God answers things beautifully. You know, I want to read this quote which Liza Turkus says, The reality is, my prayers don't change God, but I'm convinced prayer changes me. Praying boldly boots me out of that stale place of religious habit 
into authentic connection with God himself. And so church today, even in these times that we are living in, we all will go through tough journeys. And in these tough journeys, the friends, the people that come along in that, God is willing to reveal mysteries. He doesn't want us to, you know, uh, get stuck in wrong things and wrong relationships. But are we willing to commit everything in prayer? We cannot be confident of everything. Even as I was preparing this week, um, Tina gave me a story that she had come across. It's about the uh, story of this girl called Abby. She was a little girl and uh, she and her mother were watching the news. And uh, there was a plane crash and there was a sole survivor of a boy who actually survived that plane crash. And she said, uh, we need to pray for that boy. And so the mother and daughter prayed at that time for that boy that he'll be saved. He'll, you know, through that God, God's favor will be that through all of this healing and restoration. Fast forward, she enters university. She goes into a classroom and then she has to sit on a desk when this boy moves and makes way and she sits. She talks to him and finds out that he is the survivor of that plane crash. Few years later, they get married. And so today, even as I was reading that, story, I was reminded that no prayer is wasted. God works in mysterious ways, but are we willing to stand in the gap and pray? So today, I don't know what God is actually calling you to pray. Even as, you know, a lot of us may not be in the situation where it's a uh, death or life situation like Daniel, where we have to pray for a dream to be revealed or we will be killed. But a lot of us, you know, aimlessly journey in life. You know, God uh, God does not want that. As his children, he wants us to have divine purpose. Not purpose in terms of our work, not purpose in terms of our existence. We all kind of like accumulate, you know, purpose from so many other things. But there's this one thing called divine purpose where God uniquely has created and placed us for something. And that's a mystery which we, only when we are asking God, when we are willing to go to God and say, God, what is it you want me to do? So it could be even something as simple as, you know, God suddenly has put this burden on your heart for the homeless or for the destitute or for the fatherless or for the abused or for the lonely or for the depressed. Or it could be even for children who are unable to get into, you know, homes for the orphan crisis. It could be, you know, for uh, the people who are stuck with addiction in some sort, you know, it could be anything. It's when you intercede and pray, God is a revealer of mysteries and he will sometimes reveal this divine purpose that God has placed in your heart so that you'll be able to pursue it. And he'll give you the strength and you'll soon realize that every step that you take in that journey for which he's called you to, you need his help. And all that you'll do is you'll depend on him every day. So church today, can we ask God, God, reveal the mysteries to us, Lord Jesus. To you, nothing is hidden. Everything is seen, Lord Jesus. So can you direct us? Can you show us so that we'll be able to do all that you've called us to do here on this earth? Moving to the third point, the spirit of intercession is our unseen or concealed weapon. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, uh, today uh, I I tend to watch a lot of these uh, TLC cooking shows for a long time. You know, even um, I, I 10 years back, I was watching this man versus food. And, you know, I used to watch all of these where they, where this guy goes into different restaurants to talk to them, how they make, what makes them special. Each and every restaurant has a unique recipe. And there's a particular ingredient which they don't, you know, tell out at all. They say it's your secret recipe. That's your secret sauce. 
And so in our Christian walk, if there's one thing that God wants us to have this concealed weapon, this secret source of ours, which will be prayer. And so church, today, I want to ask you, what is your secret source? What is your, you know, that uh, your USP, your unique selling point, you know? What is that uh, one thing that God's given you? It has to be hands-down prayer. It can't be anything else because it's only through prayer will we see God come in and through. It will carry us through different situations. Let's read from Daniel chapter 6, verse 4 to 5. It goes on to say, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Even as I put this point down, that uh, the spirit of intercession, uh, you know, is our concealed weapon. It's important because today the only thing that the will scare the daylights out of the enemy is when we get on our knees. Because when we get on knees, we're telling God, God, this is not our battle. We're giving it to you. You take control. And when we call on His name, God steps in, and the enemy is scared. Uh, I remember uh, when uh, I had gone to the US uh, for work and as I was there, uh, one of my friends actually took me to a shooting range. And, um, you know, um, it's my first time being there and I was uh, excited, but I also was like, you know, uh, it's it's an interesting, he took so much time to explain to me everything and I got to try out uh, different guns. And uh, he said, you know what, I have a license for a gun and I carry a concealed weapon, you know. And so, uh, and, and I asked him, I mean, why do you carry a concealed weapon? Aren't you in a safe neighborhood? Aren't you in a safe place? He said, no, I, uh, I, it's my duty to protect my children. It's my duty to protect my family. And so he had this concealed weapon, which is licensed with him. And so even as I was preparing, I was reminded, you know, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a parent, as a husband, as a spouse, as a leader, what is my concealed weapon? It has to be only prayer. It cannot be my, you know, my leadership skills. It cannot be my, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the work of my hands. It cannot be anything else but only prayer because only prayer will allow God to come through into every situation. Only prayer will activate God to work in so many areas of uh, the lives that we are asking him to come into. Especially when I think about the future, when I think about uh, the lives of our kids and uh, what they have to live, if there's one thing that I can do is, yes, I will do as a father certain things, but the only one thing that I can probably uh, do better from my position is to utilize this concealed weapon. And so today we see that Daniel, who was... You know, he's, this is the third regime that he's part of. And even as he's in this, they are, people around are trying to nail him to the wall to find a way so that he will not have favor with the king. And they realize there's only one thing that we can touch and that is his religion. And so they go on to do this extensive planning where they get this law passed for the next 30 days. Anyone who's seen worshipping uh anything or any other god apart from the king will be thrown into the lion's den. And a lot of us probably know this story because it's a very well illustrated um, Sunday school or a kid's 
curriculum that we've seen where Daniel is sitting amongst lions and that Im- image is kind of like set in a lot of our heads. But when you read it, you really see that Daniel was not frightened. He wasn't flighty. He wasn't scared. He didn't, it didn't move him at all. In fact, it just moved him to go and do one thing. And that one thing was prayer. He knew that his secret weapon was prayer and that he would do that. And so we read in Daniel 6, he goes to his room. He opens the door. He looks towards Israel. He kneels down and he prays. And he has a habit of praying three times a day. He knew the power of prayer. He knew that if he is sustained all this while, it was only because of prayer. He knew what his weapon was. And so they caught him in the act. They take him and the king's hand is tied. And in fact, uh, it's interesting that what the king says in Daniel 6.16, he goes on to say, So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. What a marvelous statement by a king. The king knew who Daniel's God was. And the king knew that if there's only one who can rescue him, it will be his God. And I love how, you know, the king is restless the entire night. He's thrown in and, you know, he comes in the very next morning and he comes in and he literally is shouting from outside, Daniel, are you there? And Daniel answers this. And verse 21, Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me for I have been found innocent in his sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. Even as Daniel was put in this situation, the outcome was different. The, you know, the, uh, the result of praying and the result of using this concealed weapon landed him in a far bigger trouble. But God came to his rescue. So today, church, if there's one thing I would ask you is the fact that when we call on his name, when we call on his name in all honesty, and when we are seeking only his refuge, he will show up. He will show up in supernatural ways in which it will just be a testimony for the people around and for us personally, so that we'll be able to tell others that this was only the Lord's doing. Even as we hold on to this concealed weapon every step of the way in our life god is going to move us to pray in the remainder chapters of daniel we see that god gives daniel so many visions visions in fact of what is going to come and every century from then on people have looked back into the uh, visions that daniel has had and has seen uh, you know occurrences of it happening in their own time and in fact when we read it we think we are living in a time such as this But it's an interesting uh, passage in Daniel 9 where we read this. It goes on to say, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. Daniel was just not asking forgiveness for his sins, but also for the sins of his land. And we see here that uh, God sends his angel there, Gabriel, and he comes there to tell him, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. God will give us insight. God will give us understanding. God will give us strategy. God will give us a breakthrough. God will give us that unique favor to stand and not only just stand and intercede, but also to see so that we'll be able to walk 
in what God's calling us to walk. Corrington Boom says this beautiful statement, is prayer your steering wheel or is it your spare tire? And so today, let's not wait for something bad to happen in our life to take this concealed weapon. But let us boldly stand. Today, we might feel like we're inadequate. We might feel like we don't, uh, you know, Lord, I'm not worthy to be called an intercessor. But church, our deep desire as a church is that all of us will be able to stand in the gap. Stand in the gap just not for ourselves, just not for our family members, just not for our, uh, you know, our generation, but for each and every generation that's in the church. Because God wants to do something marvelous. God does not want us to remain the same. If God has kept us for a time such as like this in 2021, he wants us to stand in the gap and intercede. And out of this, God wants us to weave a beautiful story for each and every one of us so that we'll be able to tell people in the days to come that God is alive, that God is doing something. Friends. So today, church, even in, in the spirit of intercession, you know, as we ask the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, let us ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, help us, Lord, even as we pray that we'll stand our ground, that what we declare with our mouth, Lord Jesus, and what we believe with our heart, that we will stand firm to it. That we won't be like uh, shifting shadows, but we'll put our stakes deep and we'll stand our ground and believe. And that prayer will reveal the mysteries that is in your heart. So that we'll have, we'll be very focused. We'll find the divine purpose that you've placed us here on this earth. And the third thing is that we will always engage with this concealed weapon that you've given us. That Holy Spirit will tell us when to take it out and when to declare those bold prayers. When to declare those you know, prayers where we don't have words to say. Church, especially in this day and age when we are in the middle of a pandemic, you know, our advice is not what people need. Our advice or, you know, do this or do that, you know, take this or go there, do that. No, in the midst of all that, as we pray for them, God will direct them. As we pray for them, God will lead them to the right people. As we pray for them, God will give them direction of what to do. So church, if there's only one thing that we are called to do is to pray. So before we take our phones to text and give the advice and do all that, can we all commit and tell God, God, I want to intercede for this person who's going through this tough time. I want to pray. I want to see them come through. Let's take that concealed weapon and let's put it to use. And so if you're saying that today, you know, I've never prayed before. I've never, I've wanted to pray, but I've never understood this. Let's all ask of God, God, if there's a burning desire in us, Lord, we want the spirit of intercession to come into us so that we'll be able to stand in that gap. We'll be able to stand in those T-junctions and Lord, pray and see things come through. So that at the end of it, it's not for us to boast, but it's for you to be glorified. It's so that you will be made known, so that your flag will be raised high, your banner will be lifted up, and so that you will be exalted. And if there's anything that people around know is that our God listens, our God saves, and our God is the one who answers prayer. 
Church, can we just lift our hands right now and ask for the Holy Spirit to come in? Lord, even right now, I just pray that, Lord, each of us, Lord, will receive a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit, that you would come into our lives, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, we will not be the same. I pray that, Lord, you would raise each and every one of us up, Lord Jesus, as a Daniel, in our workplaces, in our homes, that we wouldn't, Lord, compartmentalize, but, Lord, if anyone sees us inside and outside, anywhere, Lord, that they would know that, Lord, we have your Holy Spirit within us, that we'll be able to stand in the gap we'll be able to intercede not just for ourselves lord jesus but for the people around for everyone around us lord jesus that lord we'll be able to see your mysteries lord jesus that we'll be able to stand our ground lord jesus so that your favor will be evident lord jesus that we would see you fight our battles lord jesus and i pray that lord every time when we are opposed lord jesus lord when we are threatened lord by the enemy we will be able to charge at him lord jesus with the weapon that you've given us lord jesus we thank you be with us lord i pray especially lord that lord you would come through lord for each and every one i pray especially for those who've been praying hard lord jesus and long for certain prayer requests lord jesus we pray that lord you would come through lord jesus that those requests will turn out to be testimonies lord that they would turn out to become prayers answered so that they would be able to glorify you their faith will be strengthened and more than anything lord jesus for those who have Lord, been holding on to you, Lord, that they'll be able to see you come through, Lord. I pray that, Lord, wherever faith is weak, that you would strengthen it, Lord. Wherever trust, Lord Jesus, is Lord, on shaky ground, that, Lord, you would put it on the immovable rock so that it will be founded in you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Be with us, Lord. Bless us. Take charge of us. I pray that you would go before us, Lord Jesus, this coming week. Strengthen each and every one of us, Lord, that we'll have your protection. Bless us, Lord. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church, even as you step out this week, step out in boldness, knowing that the Holy Spirit was with you. And that even when you pray, that you will be able to take a stand, that you will be able to see God's mysteries in and through your life. And that more than anything, whatever Satan throws at you, you'll be able to take the weapon and see your breakthrough come because you pray. God bless you all and have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.